Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Side Quest, your weekly journey into the wonderful world of video games where uh, and, and geek stuff. I'm Dolly Domofsky. Where are my people? They are here somewhere. <clears throat> I'll be joined by folks momentarily. I believe Taylor is going to be hopping on and maybe there'll be some other folks. I don't know. But uh, it's Friday night. It's always a little more difficult to get people together on a Friday night, but it's been a busy, busy week. Uh, and that's totally okay um, because, uh, you know, a uh, busy week in terms of vacation and away from computers and all that kind of stuff. Busy week, actually, I should say, uh, busy at work and a lot of late nights, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and today. But, you know, we've, we had a holiday in the U.S., other parts of the world celebrating Independence Day, and uh, now we're getting back into it. A lot of folks are finishing up their vacations right now and uh, their holiday spirit and stuff and, and getting back to real life. We figure let's kick off or end this week and kick off the re- sort of return to reality with the side quest. Um, yeah, so we got a f- surprisingly several things to talk about that I I wasn't expecting um, there to be as much as there was, I thought, you know, it's going to be a nice, quiet, uh, nice, quiet time, but <clears throat> nay, nay, uh, far too much stuff has happened this week in the last, last several days. Um, so I'll just kind of kick in with some of the news and then when people join in, I will, I will, uh, you know, do what I got to do and add them in and get them going. What's going on here? Oh yeah. Sports scores. First, uh, Interestingly enough, um, Yuji Naka. You guys have heard of Yuji Naka, right? <clears throat> creator of Sonic. <laughs> One of the creators of Sonic. Um, creators of, creator of that uh, hat game that uh, nobody liked, that horrible hat game at Square Enix. Uh, Balance, Wonder World, whatever that is. He's going to jail. He gets a $1.2 million fine. And a uh, suspended prison sentence, but um, uh, he's basically got four years to follow the the terms of the order, pay that off, a bunch of other things. Otherwise, he could go to jail for a couple of years. So, yeah, <clears throat> it's interesting. All the insider trading that he did, getting uh, buying uh, mobile developers, the Square Enix was doing stuff. And, yeah, Billy Hatcher, you know what? You're right. Billy Hatcher was actually... Uh, a, a fantastic game. I think it was more than okay. I think it was it's it's slightly uh, beloved in some ways. So I think that's um, in some circles, which I think is okay. That's kind of cool. Uh, <clears throat> we are okay with that part. Um, but yeah, UG man, um, you can't can't do that. Uh, and it, it it's weird because uh, they just showed the uh, yeah. You see, uh, Don says he loved uh, ramen. Don. Says he loved Billy Hatcher. A lot of folks, you know, why? Why hasn't there been a Billy Hatcher remaster? Right? I think that would be kind of kind of cool, to be honest. Um, I would freaking play it. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it. I I was in the theater today, this afternoon, and uh, with my wife, and we went and saw a movie, which is what you do at a theater. And there was a. I'm gonna open these Pokemon cards later. There was a trailer for the GameStop movie. And uh, <clears throat> the stonks thing, um, and they uh, they just they kind of showed how easy it was to game the system and how the stock market really is just a complete mess. 
There you go. Insider trading is a part of it. Um, uh, yeah, give it that monkey ball team would, would be would be pretty good with to doing that. Uh, have not no, I didn't watch Indiana Jones. That's maybe next week or if I get back from Japan. I'm going to Japan. Um, not gaming related, unfortunately. But I am gonna do some shopping over there for game stuff. Maybe I'll maybe I'll visit UG. <laughs> get him to break his uh break his uh terms and then send him to jail. Um anyway, yeah, just uh just a wild story. I think it looks like it's finally <clears throat> finally closing up for old uh for the for Nakasan there. Um what a what a wild thing. But uh you know, it's it's funny. I'm I'm always for justice. I'm always for justice, uh, especially when it comes to uh, millionaires and people in higher ups who fuck around, and because then they eventually find out. And um, uh, he found out, and I'm I'm glad about that. Yep, reduced at the very least, but he's definitely got over a million dollars that he has to pay. So mess with people's money. Played his cards wrong, and uh, that's what you get. But <clears throat> um, another bit of news, uh, speaking of money, is and hopefully Taylor will show because I think he'll want to talk about this a little bit too. Uh, Street Fighter Six has sold six million, or sorry, Street Fighter Six has sold two million copies. Um, and what I find interesting about this is I thought it would have been a lot more by now. It's two million copies in a month because that game released at the beginning of the month, didn't it? Um, I was hoping it would be a lot more. <clears throat> yeah, those are those are great numbers. I'm consistently told that numbers like this are fantastic uh, for Street Fighter. Granted, uh, yeah, they don't. They, they do not. They're constantly selling stuff. It's great for Capcom. I mean, everything they put out, I mean, you had RE4, you got this Monster Hunter stuff. Uh, I guess I just grew up with Street Fighter 90s, early 2000s being the thing. It was that and, and Mortal Kombat. So, and I think the, we're kind of, uh, I'm kind of, my mind is warped by the numbers of other big games right now. Like the Zelda numbers were insane. Final Fantasy did some fantastic numbers. Uh, Street Fighter is more worldwide, I feel, than Final Fantasy. And I would have figured Street Fighter would have done better than final fantasy but it didn't final fantasy's got at this point probably got three million uh three let's see i think it was three million it's probably got three and a half million maybe four million maybe closing in on five million sold in street fighter came out a few weeks before then and it's still only at two million which is wild to me but um yeah yeah mortal Kombat had taken over uh yeah it's told two totally different kinds of fighting games but you go to any arcade back in the day, um, back in the day, God, I guarantee the majority of the folks watching this <laughs> didn't really have arcades to go to. This is like the 90s, man, <clears throat> early 90s, uh, mid 90s. Yeah, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 6, you would have like two competing sides of the of the arcade. You also had Killer Instinct back there. You had NFL Blitz and NBA Jam. You had NHL 1. I'll get into some of that stuff actually later on. I got some cool, cool things. Um, but uh, yeah, I think exactly for a fighting game other than a fighting game other than Mortal Com Mortal Kombat, which will surpass two million. It'll probably surpass like three or four million in the time that this surpassed two million. Because Mortal Kombat is weirdly a bigger 
best-selling franchise, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then, yeah, NBA Jam and cruising. Oh, cruising games are awesome. Uh, Don, did you ever go to uh, – Ram and Don, did you ever go to Lakeside Mall and play arcade games over there? Because that's where I played. They used to have this awesome arcade called Tilt and tons of freaking uh, – <clears throat> tons of freaking arcade games over there that was my that was my spot to play everything that's where i got that's where i get good at arcade uh at, it's fighting games was there yeah mortal kombat it's like it is it's the cod and the in the 2k and the, the madden folks all go to mortal kombat and street fighter 6 was more of the um final fantasy crowd right it was the rpg folks but yeah anyways yeah it's it was called something else but that's true uh anyways yeah, i mean great numbers for street fighter 6 um, I don't think that series, I think street fighter two was like the top selling one. And that has it hit more than like five or six, maybe 10 million total over its lifespan. So <clears throat> 2 million so far is great. And again, it's, uh, it's on a couple of platforms, right? I think it's on Xbox and, and PlayStation and PC. Um, <clears throat> and it's only gonna get bigger. I think street fighter six, I mean, it's wildly enough. It's an RPG from what everybody has told me who's played it. They're like, yeah, there's a, there are RPG more than RPG elements. Cause there's actually like this whole big plot and world and build up your character that's separate from the actual fighting stuff. So yeah, good, good times. I'm going to get street fighter six. It's on my list. I'll see if uh prime day has any deals here coming up, save some money, sell some of my other crap that I have in this house and see if I can afford it. But uh, good for good for street fighter. Um, yeah, dude, the retro arcades, the retro arcade games are, are also really, I, I miss, <clears throat> I miss retro, I miss arcades, I love going to arcades, and really, apart from like Chuck E. Cheese these days, there isn't much, um, but yeah, I wish there were more of that kind of stuff, yeah, uh, although there are rumors that, um, speaking of fighting games, uh, that we may get some Marvel versus Capcom news this year, whether it's Marvel versus Capcom four, or if it's a remaster edition, like an ultra edition. Like I think there was the um, ultra street fighter two that came out for the switch. So maybe there's something like that for Marvel versus Capcom. I don't know. Um, and you know, that's Marvel versus Capcom has a <clears throat> big enough presence at Evo this year. And uh, yeah, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 Remaster could could do pretty well. I think people people would like that. Well, there's a little bit of news here. Sorry, I'm yawning. It's one of the things I'm gonna drink my Tim Hortons coffee here. Mm, 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 mm. It's a lot of cream, but it's a cold brew. Um, it's a nitro. What kind of cocoa? No, van, vanilla cream cold brew. Vanilla cream cold brew. I freaking love it. It's yummy. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, a couple more little news bites here. Then I'll tell you about some of the stuff that I've that I've been uh, messing around with. Uh, speaking of remasters, apparently <clears throat> Black Flag is getting remastered. Yeah, the pirate one. Uh, Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Four. A lot of people consider that top tier Assassin's Creed. Uh, yeah, dude, Timmy's. For, for a quick side story, for those that don't know, uh, Ramadan and I actually know each other from Tim Hortons. <clears throat> and I'll tell you how. This story is great. Remember, you guys remember a Street Pass on a 3DS? 
Well, I would carry my 3DS with me on the drive to work, and I'd have I'd have it in the car, and every once in a while, I would, um, yeah, download this thing. Every once in a while, I would get like a little green ping on the road or whatever, and uh, <clears throat> I get to the office and I'd open it up in the car and like oh you know find out who you know where they are who it was whatever. Well, one day I um I would I would always stop by this Tim Hortons on the way into work. And because I freaking love Tim Hortons. This is back. I was going every day into the office. This is like what 10 years ago, maybe for all I know, maybe even longer. I have no idea. Eight, 10 years ago. Um, how long has the 3DS been? Whatever. Uh, and so uh I stopped at the Tim Hortons and I got to the I got to the office and I see this green light as I kind of typically did once a week or so. I'd get the green light and then I, I'm like, oh cool. open it up. And it's uh, a me character. I'm like, oh, that's uh of like a dude. Uh, and I, I don't know if Tim Horton's information was on there or not, but I know on my info uh, for my me, I had <clears throat> for my street pass, I had my Twitter handle on there. It was like at and then space Dolly Demofsky because they didn't want you to list your Twitter handles or any like identifiable stuff on there. They just kind of wanted to leave it funky for the street pass stuff, but I left it on there. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I hadn't seen this me before the street pass before and it kind of looked like that dude that was helping me at Tim Hortons. So kind of hanging out. And later in the day, I get a message from someone. I get a follow and a message from someone. It's like, hey, I got your street pass. I'm like, what the F? And I open it. And I'm like, you know, I look at the message. I'm chatting. I'm like, oh, my God, you're the dude from Tim Hortons. It was so freaking funny. And we got to know each other. Awesome, awesome person. Awesome human being. He's a, a great dude. Definitely. Uh Follow them on whatever website is out right now. What is it? Twitter threads, blue sky mess. I don't know what you're on anymore, but uh, um, yeah, it was real funny. We had a, it's just, it's one of those weird social, you know what? Give it up for street pass. The best social media website on the planet. Rest in peace. Nintendo had it. That and Miiverse, They had it. Uh, Cause everybody was always nice. And you, you look forward to meeting people. We're, like you never do that at any other social website. So, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Street Pass. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, uh, I was drinking Tim Hortons. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Assassin's Creed Black Flag is being remade. Uh, yeah, shut it down. Just it was getting good. Yep, maybe in the next one. Wink. You'll find out later this year. No, um, uh, <clears throat> this is a great game. Um, it's, it's on every platform. It's in a bunch of collections. I think it came out, it's even on switch, which is always weird. I mean, it, it probably is out on the 3ds for all I know and like fridges and stuff, but, um, it's a great game. It was the one that, that, that got people really into pirates again. Cause like the pirate trend had sort of like waves of the ocean. The pirate trend was in a dip. <clears throat> Black Flag comes out, and whoop, all of a sudden, Pirates everywhere. They actually made a sequel to Black Flag called Assassin's Creed Rogue that was uh, back when the... It was like right around the time the Xbox One came out, and I think Syndicate or Unity or whatever was was published for it, and it came out really bad. Was it Unity? I think it was. Um, and then they published it, and they promoted that one, but then they kind of snuck Rogue out like a month or two later, didn't really tell people about it. Yeah, it was on the, it was Games with Gold, yep. Um, didn't really tell too many people about it, and it kind of went under the, 
uh, under the we kind of swept it under the rug. But Rogue is actually really good too. It takes some of the characters from Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Three and all that kind of stuff and links things together. But anyways, um, <clears throat> it's really weird times right now. There are I think somebody posted there are eleven Assassin's Creed games in development. Uh, I think probably at any at any uh, any one time. Um, uh, yeah, they were. <clears throat> uh and uh it's while it's cool um i don't valhalla was great it was just massive uh and then they got the new one coming out now they had odyssey before that before valhalla mirage is coming out this year which is sort of the retro bump i think i would have loved to see if they were going to remake any game remake that first one because I think it needs it to kind of bring it up to speed with the rest of the Assassin's Creed games. It was the one that kind of kicked it off. Just call it Assassin's Creed. Uh, but they're remaking this, and then they're they're remaking that Prince of... Or they had their Prince of Persia remake, and there's like other stuff. It just... We're in such a remake happy point right now that I'd love to see... A just focus on original things, but I don't know. Um Black Flag's great, but I don't, I don't think it needs to be remade. Like, what are you going to... It still looks good. It still functions really well. You don't become the number one or number two Assassin's Creed game uh, if... It, it, to Even today, people still love it if it didn't function as well. So, I, I don't know. I don't think you need to do a 10-year-old ga game. But they did it with... Uh, what was it? Um, Last of Us Part 1. They remade that. So, yeah. <clears throat> Whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's the original. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, but who, who knows? Like, are you make the first one? That's Yeah. The, do the first few as a single game or Assassin's Creed 2. Make them, like, take the bits and pieces of Assassin's Creed 2. And instead of putting out this Ezio's trilogy, make, like, one cohesive game that kind of links the best aspects of all those. So that'd be kind of, kind of, could be kind of neat. If you're going to do a remake, remake them like that. Yeah, condensed stuff. Shadow Drop, <clears throat> yeah, that's probably maybe, maybe just a remaster instead of a remake is the best thing. The Shadow, the Metroid Prime, the Metroid Prime is the number two ranked game. The remaster is number two ranked game of the year on Metacritic and Open Critic. So still that loved uh, and that well made did not sell very well, unfortunately. I think it's struggling to break a little bit over a million units, which is kind of a bummer because it's a fantastic game. But <clears throat> anyways. Assassin's Creed Black Frag. Oh my, I can't can't talk today. I need more Tim Hortons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Metroid Prime is so freaking good. It is so good. <clears throat> if there's any remake that you buy this year, I would suggest Metroid Prime over Dead Space, over some of the other ones, uh, because Metroid Prime looks it, it's just it's such a fantastic game that still holds up i mean everything was fantastic the fighting was the, the battling was mechanic uh fantastic the game play mechanics the traversal the puzzle everything was so good the plot it was still one of the best games i've ever played so yeah multiplayer man <clears throat> i can see them releasing a free multiplayer not that blitzball thing they did but a free multiplayer metroid prime thing could be kind of interesting but you have fortunately you have splatoon that's kind of all of nintendo's like multiplayer shooter stuff right now by the way i love splatoon splatoon's fantastic 
it's one of my favorite series. Um, it's one of the best shooter series, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know what it would do. It's really sort of a Western audience, but who knows? Other news. Uh, let me get the other news, which is um, <clears throat> okay. This is a, a couple little more. I don't want to say serious things, but serious-er things. Uh, and that's uh, Daedalic Entertainment. <clears throat> they are closing develop their development department. So Lord of the Rings Gollum was so bad for them that they decided, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, it's not worth developing our own games anymore. Let's just become a flat-out publisher. And uh, I think, I don't know if that's indicative of what's happening in just, it, it's not indicative of the game industry because there are tons of great games being published. Look at this here. Just a, that Gollum game, that Lord of the Rings stuff is so hard to gauge and getting the right teams on there is so difficult. And that license is a mess. It really is. Uh, by the way, I love the Amazon show, but now they're talking about remaking the movies again which is like God, you don't need to it's just such a mess of an ip <clears throat> and it sunk daedalic which is just wild to me because daedalic has had some some pretty strong games and you know some pretty decent games in the past which i don't say strong but decent in the past um but it's just not enough to you know when you get absolutely demolished uh, with Gollum and you just keep you keep trying because they actually had another they had an orc game a few years back which was really bad I think as well a sneaky orc game but um yeah so whatever um yeah you know what here's a great the Game Boy Advance RPGs that that PS2 action game did you guys know that there was a turn-based Final Fantasy style uh I think it was for PS1 Lord of the Rings game which nobody talks about and then there was an actual lord of the rings i think uh lord of the rings online was really well done there have been some great lord of the rings games but nothing uh apart from the um was it avalanche <clears throat> that made those uh shadows of mordor and shadow or whatever those those are the last good ones i feel um yeah not even the lego ones are not great but so uh... Yeah, I have the third age. That's what it was, the third age. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just, you, you don't build games around Gollum or Orcs like like they like they Dalek did. It's a tough, tough day. Um, but yeah, here, I got another one. Uh, this is actually, let's go on to some better news. <clears throat> uh, this is, I find this interesting. The legal documents... For of course, there's a whole Microsoft Activision thing going on right now. Still trying to figure it out, um, and we're supposed to find out within this week. I think they need to know by the is it the twentieth or even before then, at the end of next week, the decision has to come in from the FTC if they're going to approve it or let it go forward to the next steps or something. <clears throat> if it doesn't pass this week, by the way, there are. Um, uh, there are still opportunities. It's just, it's just, it's just a delayed process. Is all, all this is, all this is doing. It's not. I, again, I still think it's fully going to happen. It's just, um, what, what's all the legalese going to come out of this? But um, uh, what 
I found kind of interesting was this one in that uh, that one of the documents had Microsoft saying that there, you know what? There's a ugh, there's a here it is right here. <clears throat> Microsoft is expecting a PlayStation Five Slim to pop up this year. Um, you don't want it to happen, yeah? Oh no, I I agree with it. Uh, yeah, I I personally don't want exclusivity like that. Um, because look what happened with Bethesda. Starfield was going to be more focused as a PS5 game. I think that was the news that came out. And then um, when Microsoft found out, they said, we've got to, we've got to buy Bethesda. I think that was part of the news last week was they saw that and they're like, no, we got to buy Bethesda because that cannot happen. Cause if it is, it might be over for big RPGs like that on the, uh, on Xbox, because remember, Microsoft initially had Mass Effect. Uh, strictly, like the first Mass Effect was a um, time was an exclusive, and then it kind of opened up years later uh, as a series. But imagine losing Starfield, which was being developed on PlayStation hardware. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, PlayStation Slim, which that had sort of leaked. I know the insider gaming folks have been talking about it over there that it would be a slim with an attachment for a basically digital only slim. And you'd have the attachment for a, um, uh, a disc drive. And really what that is, is it's, is it the PS five digital? Yeah. It's digital only, uh, sort of taking the, uh, taking both of those SKUs and ramming them together. So the PS five digital and PS five, uh, becoming one, one product i think it's a smart idea sony like microsoft and like nintendo really want you to go digital buy all the products uh digitally it saves them money um because they don't have to produce physical discs and physical games anymore uh and then leave the that's why you're seeing more and more games more and more collector's editions appearing right now without the game or if it is a game it's a digital only game right they want to push the collector's edition so you can buy all the swag and then maybe you'll get a code. Like was it God of War didn't even have the game. It was just the God of War collector's edition because they figured you're going to like stuff. So maybe you'll get it. Um, the uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> getting the slim, I think, is, you know, that it's going to happen. I, and I, I still think there's a Xbox is also going to be releasing something. Is it this year? I don't know. Maybe that could still happen this year. We had heard rumblings of a sort of Xbox uh, the series X that was digital only, um, as well, uh, and drop and getting that price down to a much more manageable device. Cause the series S is almost too good of a system in terms of price point. Cause that thing regularly drops to like below 250 bucks. So, and it's digital only, which Microsoft likes, but developers don't because developers have to make a downported version of a game they, that they really want to show off on the series X. PlayStation, it's just one device. It's it's the all-powerful PS5. Making a slim version helps them make it cheaper. Uh, I don't know what the price is going to be. They're saying it could be $399 as well. I think that's what this article says. Um, <clears throat> maybe. Um, I'm guessing it'd probably be like $449 or a little bit cheaper. $400. Bucks, I mean, it's $100 cheaper than the current PlayStation 5. If that becomes your main seller... PS5 is selling really well right now. I don't know if they would want to do a, a you know, lose a hundred dollars that quickly. Cause you PS5 sales numbers are, are rocking. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We'll be checking you out later at Tim Hortons. No, I'm just kidding. He no longer works there. Um, but, uh, you know, I a slim is great. Going digital is the direction. Um, yeah, I don't believe in the price cut either. I think if they do, it'll be like a $50 price cut. Drop it 50 bucks. Say this is the next PlayStation. You're saving money. And if you really want to disk drive, it'll be $100. You know, you probably get the $100 disk drive. Or what might likely happen is that maybe, depending on the connector they have in the back, if it's not a proprietary connector, connector if it's like USB or something, I could see third parties developing uh, disk drives as well. So why not? But yeah. Um, Digital is the future. And that actually kind of leads me a little bit into briefly <clears throat> with Nintendo. I make, I love making the Switch 2 predictions every year or every episode because they're just fun. But I, I firmly believe Nintendo, one of Nintendo's selling point, nobody's on the podcast with me right now. So I can just say whatever the hell I want. But I think what Nintendo's going to do is they're going to say all your digital games transfer over or the majority will transfer over to the new Switch, Switch 2. But cartridge games won't be as easy to transfer over. So, um, granted, the majority of the Switch games I have are digital. Uh, but still, you know, I have Zelda as a... Um, oops, I keep hitting this thing. Zelda as a cartridge version. I have my Mario games as cartridge versions and that kind of stuff. But um, I think only your digital library will transfer over. I think you... I don't want to say you may need to rebuy... That stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised if you have to get like if the next switch is digital only or use a different type of card and you may need an adapter or something to get your your old switch cards to run on that thing. So who knows? I can see Nintendo pulling that. <clears throat> um anyways, yeah, there you go. PS5 Slim. Uh I I I kind of feel like it's more prediction than anything else because again. Sony's doing great right now with the PS5. They don't need to put a Slim out there. They definitely don't need a Pro uh, because it's just way too early. And games are just now finally starting to come out in cadence. They finally stopped producing for the PS4 uh, internally at Sony. That was the big step. That means you don't need to do the PS5 Pro versions. Now you can focus all your time and effort on the PS5 and make the really the, the best versions of those PS5 games before you say, hey, by the way, we got a PS5 Pro coming out. It's going to be better, but who knows? Um, and one last thing, speaking of Xbox, uh, this one I thought was actually kind of interesting. <clears throat> uh, Xbox and Bethesda are going to be at Gamescom. I posted this little article. So Xbox are at the Game Com Gamescom. Nintendo's going to be there as well. A bunch of other companies. Sony's not, but um, I think they have other plans. Uh the Tokyo Game Show came out. The organizer said it's going to be their biggest ever with the most companies since uh, 2019 or the most floor space since 2019, but they're expecting more people and companies, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you got E3, which did not happen. So feel free to look at this fantastic article that I put together over at sidequesting.com. Really, the, the, the point is that... Uh, Summer Game Fest happened, and it and Jeff Keighley did a great job with that. Uh, PAX East happened, and that was, you know, Reed Pop did a great job with that. <clears throat> PAX West is shaping up to be great. 
Um, game developers conference was handled from what I heard pretty well. Like I said, summer game fest. Yeah. Um, San Diego comic-con is shaping up to be pretty well, even though they don't have the movie studios there, they do have Marvel. They do have DC and Warner brothers to discuss other stuff. It's not the movie aspect, but that's okay. Uh, you know, Nintendo's Nintendo is going to be hosting a giant live event that's waiting list only uh, in Seattle. And so you have all these events happening, but no E3. And so just leads to the the point that it's not it's not E3. It's not the conference, not the expo, because companies still want to show off their stuff people still want to go go to shows people will pay to go to shows to see the stuff that companies want to show <clears throat> it's the hosts it's the ESA and the ESA has just flubbed whatever E3 was Game Fest came in and Jeff Keeley did an awesome job with that in fact I think I have ideas Jeff I know you're listening um next year uh ways to do even more with summer game fest that could really put it um in kind of its own league i think summer game fest is like one or two years away from being the summer gaming event uh it will never it'll never be the scale of e3 it's not trying to because it's really focusing on media and not business um it's and that's kind of what uh is doing really good you know what, what's really good about that <clears throat> that's where I think E3 needs to understand what it what it needs to be. I think mean, E3 needs to refocus and say, okay, Summer Game Fest is, is eating our lunch. Jeff Keighley's doing everything, you know, really well with organizing the media aspect. I was at in LA, um, and what I noticed uh, was that the FaceTime between people is still so freaking valuable. Those, those you know, bumping into someone in a... In a uh, a hallway or at a, a you know, a, a bar or a hotel lobby bar, which is what we did a lot. Um, and an after party or something, you know, those, those types of events, uh, those types of happenings are really important. <clears throat> Game Fest is nice, but it doesn't quite fulfill that because it's not really designed to do that kind of thing. <clears throat> E3 was great for that because there was a lot of meeting space and, and all that kind of stuff. Summer Game Fest. So it's really just hands-on time with games for media. That's what Summer Game Fest is. Meetings behind closed doors where business partners are talking is not, not a part of it. That's what I feel that E3 needs to be. E3 should focus right now on the business aspect. Let Summer Game Fest handle the media stuff for now or sign some deal with Jeff Keighley. I know if the ESA does not want to do it, and maybe Jeff doesn't want to do it especially, but um, you kind of both kind of need to. If Game Fest is ever going to become what it needs to be, because as I mentioned last week, they're running out of space and at the cost that they're looking at. But the companies, the company that does have space, does have money, is the ESA. I know they're kind of <clears throat> Jeff Keighley and the ESA aren't the best friends, but this may be something where you gotta partner with your your enemy a little bit but let the ESA handle the business stuff let them handle the <clears throat> the lobbying and whatever you can the ESA can actually host an event during during this time frame because i think it was the 07 and 08 years of E3 it was known as the media and partner 
Expo or not even Expo, Media and Partner Combo, whatever it was called. It was strictly focused on media and a select few media and businesses and how to get those folks together. It was held in Santa Monica and like a hangar and hotels and all that kind of stuff, which is what Summer Games Fest was this year. And so, again, let the E3 folk, let Summer Game Fest handle the media. Let us get hands-on time with stuff. Let the ESA focus on business aspect, but do both them at the same time. Because I think that really would be the ideal, <clears throat> the ideal way to do this. That way you get everybody in town for hands-on, for appearances. Folks can go to the media stuff. They need to go to media stuff and Game Fest. Folks that are looking to do things, um, you know, <clears throat> with businesses and partnships, that kind of stuff can handle that stuff with the e th- with E3 and the ESA and call it a day. You can still have Xbox do their own showcases you can have sony could be in town and do a showcase in town maybe it's not live maybe it isn't maybe it's in a theater but then they no longer have to worry about the esa cloud over their hands they just won't be involved in a lot of the business stuff but i think the the esa needs to kind of pardon my language needs to eat dookie for a little bit they need to eat shit and and say we fucked up and we're going to open things up and make it easier for even the companies that aren't necessarily our members to um, to know that we're around, that we're organizing this thing and, and go from there. Like Devolver Digital, God bless them, they always had that parking lot across from the, uh, <clears throat> the LA Convention Center, and they held a barbecue there every year at E3 for like five years, six years in a row. And it was great. Indie games. You got to know indie developers, and you got, had to go eat, you know, got to eat tacos and get drinks and, you know, Gatorade and that kind of stuff. And it was great. And I think that, uh, you know, there's the the Gorilla Collective popped up in 2020, 2021 to showcase uh, games from indies. That One thing the ESA never did well with E3 was the indie side of things. And indies are so huge and so integral to the gaming industry right now that um, E3 kind of <clears throat> avoiding that is not, it has always been, has, has sucked in the past, but it really sucks now. So... Um, yeah, I think it's time for E3 to <clears throat> eat shit and, uh, and figure out what they want to do and work with people instead of trying to be the only thing out there. And if they want to put on, put on a show, work with uh, Jeff Keighley and at least schedule around the same time. I will say that was hell this year because you had stuff happening Thursday. Actually, Wednesday night there were some things happening for folks that were in town early. Then you had Summer Game Fest on Thursday. Then you had Summer Game Fest play days on Friday and Saturday. You had the Xbox and Bethesda stuff on Sunday. You had uh, Ubisoft was Monday. Um, Hands-on stuff was happening Tuesday morning. So you were a whole freaking week all over the place. It just wasn't conducive to... um, to making it easy for us, the media or the partners or whatever that wanted to be there. So uh, yeah, they all need to work together. They all need to realize, Hey, we are, we're, we're fucking with the game industry if we don't actually try to do things right. So at least if you organize <clears throat> time frame wise, you can, uh, you can achieve a lot more. Anyways, um, that's it for that. I'm going to get into <clears throat> two things. Um, 
I leaned back. I looked. I was like tiny. <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm gonna get into a couple quick things. Uh, cause it's the holiday. It, uh, last week I played more Zelda. I played Switch Sports. You play those. Sorry, I got ink over here, so I'm licking my fingers. You're you're doing a lot of family stuff. I didn't really have time to just kind of chill and sit in front of a computer and play games <clears throat> or a console because the weather was fantastic for being outdoors and um, being around family and watching fireworks and playing cornhole or bag toss, whatever you want to call it. Uh, by the way, we had a cornhole tournament here at our house with our neighbors. It was awesome. I think we're going to have to start doing a side-questing cornhole and side-questing pickleball at the very first side-con that we're going to host one day, uh, whenever that is, if I win the lottery. Uh, I forgot to play lottery numbers tonight. Oh, well. <clears throat> Maybe I can still play the lottery. Let's see if I can still play the lottery tonight. I think tickets stop at uh, 11.15 here. Hold on. Uh, you, I am live buying lottery tickets. I'm not gambling. But I'm live buying lottery tickets because I have. Oh, here's a great story, by the way. Uh, next, next drawing today in 11. Can I buy now? Finding out right now it is. Come on, loading up. I have 32 minutes to buy my lottery ticket. <clears throat> I, I use the app. Uh, really funny story about the app. So um, <laughs> I. Uh, every state has their own lottery app. Um, and you can play for free for a lot of things like <clears throat> the Michigan lottery, which we have here actually does a little spinny wheel that once a day you could spin this wheel and, uh, you can win prizes. You can win 10 entries. You go in a thousand entries into like a monthly $5,000 prize. Um, and with, listen, when there's like millions of people playing your chances of winning 5,000, the, the $5,000 prize is tiny you know, infinitesimally small, <clears throat> if that's a word. Um, so there's that aspect of it. No big deal. But they also let you win, you know, $2, $2 off a $5 purchase uh, of physical tickets or uh, $5 in free play on an online game in their, in their app. So spin every day, you're going to get free stuff. So, uh, Legally, if you get $2 off a $5 purchase, let's say, you can take, you can print it out or take a screen capture, take it to the, uh, your local lottery place. And they have to actually pay you that two bucks. Like whether you play the lottery or not, this is the, this is the hack. Whether you play the lottery or not, if you win, if you get that enough times, you can go into your lottery place and just rack up all that cash. I think one time I went in with like 15 of those or like, 15 eight of those coupons and i made like i think one was like one dollars off for five one was like five for a 20 i made like 15 16 bucks which doesn't seem like a lot but 15 16 dollars of free money of stuff that i've saved up over the span of like just two weeks waking up in the morning and spinning this lottery thing yeah do it um anyways yeah so the other night uh, i had a few of those saved up the digital versions <clears throat> but uh $10 for lottery tickets. And I think it was two nights ago. Wednesday night? Yeah, I did it Wednesday night. Um, Thursday morning. Uh, no, I was up late Wednesday working on work stuff. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And just hanging out. And uh, I look at my, my phone, and it said, your winnings have arrived. And I'm like, oh, fuck. The lottery was $500 million at the time. I think it was, whatever. I'm like, 
oh, fuck. I just won the fucking lottery. I'm all excited. I open my phone and it's like, your winnings have arrived. Here are your $2. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I almost lost it. It's happened several times to me. My neighbors and I were talking about that happening. It's happened to them before. I want to like wake up my family and be like, we just won the lottery. $2. But um, yeah, go ahead and do that. It's free. Sign up. It's free. Use your phones or online, your local lottery thing. I'm telling, I'm not telling people to gamble. Uh, I'm just telling you how to get free money. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> speaking of gambling, no, just kidding. There's no gambling. Um, a couple things that I wanted to, did want to talk about. One was while I was at Summer Game Fest, I got to preview. Now I was going to, the embargo went up for this last Friday, I think it was, but, um, uh, we had missed cause I think we recorded the day or two before we recorded like Wednesday or Thursday or maybe it was Friday. I don't even remember. Didn't have a chance to talk about this. Uh, but I can talk about it now. It's a <clears throat> game that was that I previewed the uh, at Summer Game Fest called Wild Card Football. Um, let me turn the volume off. This you guys see it? Um, yeah. So uh, Saber Interactive uh, and Playground Games is like their like sports subsidiary. They did the NBA 2K Playground games, so there are two of those games, and they're sort of a like a cross between the NBA jam and a somewhat simulation like Madden game. So it's not exactly fully NBA jam. It's not full Madden simulation. It really does feel more like, like I said, playground or street ball style, uh, style game. So yeah. So Playland says the models look funky. That's the point. The models are meant to look funky. Uh, what they do here is they don't actually for, uh, the um what this is called is wild card football they don't use nfl teams they do have access to the nfl player association association for actual uh oh look at the screen just lost it there who sorry about that they do have actual uh players so folks that are legends uh folks that have played recently like colin kaepernick um who's actually there i didn't get a chance to meet him but uh or did i um but uh and then they have like players that are still in the league, like uh, JJ Watt, and I think uh, Jared Goff from my Detroit Lions was there. Anyways, the the gameplay style of this is <clears throat> got a little bit of arcade ish feel to it, um, but uh, you get this the whole wild card aspect of it is you do get like sort of playing cards, and you can get those playing cards to unlock players. If you've played any of the playground games, you can understand that you get players. In this in this game as well, they allow you allow you to use these playing cards as sort of these modifiers online. So, yeah, like this one, you could grow giant if you got one of the cards, or you get a power up. You can put up the pinball things and let uh, your players or their players bounce around. Um, so, you, like here, you, go. you do have some kind of interesting modifiers and stuff. And it really is; it's not stadiums. I think there's only like two stadium actual stadium. Here's one of them um, style. Uh, environments there's they, there is like a farm there's a factory there's you know boat yard or whatever at least the other stadium here um school yards uh it is um it, it's interesting from that standpoint I, I i i i fully enjoyed those nba playground games for what they were i mean they're not the fastest they're not the most arcadey it's not trying to be nba jam it's trying to give you a little bit more of a 
slightly more serious feel to it. Like the NBA jam games and the NFL blitz, which I brought that name up several times when I was, you know, during this preview, um, <clears throat> they're all out there and those games move fast. It's like your whole purpose is to catch on fire and slam dunk, catch on fire, slam dunk, catch on fire and run from one end zone to the next catch on fire, run from one end, of the end zone to the next. And, uh, the, problem with that is that it becomes so arcadey that if you're really good at getting those power-ups the game becomes all about those power-ups not about the actual sport they the developer saber um really want this to be about the sport with the addition of power-ups right so it's uh <clears throat> it's it's almost like having a slightly more serious Kart game, not like full Mario Kart where it's all about shooting bananas and red shells, but it's a little bit more serious. So, um, that aspect is interesting to me. It really is about playing play calls. This this game is about the play calls. It's about the selecting your team, getting the right players in there, and they have UFOs. Yep, um, and it's about actually playing the game as a football game and not necessarily as an arcade game. And that is really kind of cool. So obviously we're really lacking in football games. I mean, you have Madden and everything else. I think there's like Axis football is out there, but that hasn't been super well received just yet. Um, there are, uh, and everything else is like a Tecmo Bowl style game, which is, yeah, that's neither here nor there, right? Tecmo Bowl is great if you like just classic retro style games. So we're lacking in football games and there's like the war there's not like warhammer ones or whatever blood bowl this is uh gives you that sort of semi-realistic football semi-arcade football um it uh it moves pretty speed like i got i got during the preview a full game was played um in the time i was in the room right so I, it was hands off for me by the way Somebody else was playing, and <clears throat> I was actually telling them which which calls to make, uh, play calls. Um, but uh, you know, you create your team, you select kind of initial set of players, and then as you start winning games, you go through the career mode. You unlock cards, you unlock players. You basically get card packs, like you get a Pokemon pack of cards. And you unlock it, and you may get some really cool players you need, or you get some items or whatever, and you keep building it up. Right? You build up your team, you build up your like check out those those bouncer things out in the background. Um, you, you basically create the team that you want. So it's not like you're not playing as the Detroit lions or you're playing as the Dallas Cowboys, or the giants or anybody you're playing as your team and your, your players. So I do find that fun. I find that, um, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're going to like your, you're, you're going to collect the players that you want more so than, following a single team. And of course, you know, you're going to make your, there are going to be folks who make like an NFL named team and, and try to put some, some of their NFL players on there, but it's really more about creating a team of the players that you want, that you've always wanted to have. So yeah, it's coming out later this year. At least it's scheduled to come out later this year. It's probably another October game, um, but, uh, or September, October game, but it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. It the, I will say one aspect to it <clears throat> is that it's uh it doesn't the other playground games and I'm sorry about this visually that's actually in the video. It's not 
happening on my it's in the actual YouTube video that I'm playing. I'm sure if I'm playing the uh yeah, if I play the actual video file, it may not show it, but um my bad. The uh I'm saying uh, a lot, sorry. The game doesn't quite move as fast. They lessen the amount of players on there, so it's not like 11 players. I think they said seven players on a side. Um, so that's good. Uh, and you, you have to manage your team as if you're managing a team. Um, it's, the, it's not a super fast-moving game. I do like sometimes having really funny, arcade, explosive aspects to it. This doesn't go all the way at, at any time there. It's more about, as you kind of saw modifying the field more so than modifying the player. You're not going to have like giant explosions. Yeah. You make a player giant, but that's also related to uh, the environment. Um, and then the, the design of the environments weren't super inspiring to me from the ones that I saw. Like, yeah, there you go. It's you're playing on an Island. Cool. Um, why isn't the field like, you know, a bunch of different colors instead of green turf. I think you could, you could, have fun with it in, in other aspects. And I'd love to see that kind of um, uh, become a part of it. And the other was the players didn't, uh, Oh, Taylor's here. How's it going, Taylor? I'm just talking about the preview that I did for wild card football. Um, the players didn't look different. They were, they were all sort of the same in physical stature and style and stuff. So uh, that made it a little bit more difficult to um, kind of choose who I wanted to go to and, and that standpoint, but it's coming to everything. It's I think the Switch needs uh football games because it's coming to Switch as well. So yeah, wildcard football. It's uh if you like arcadey sim style games, that's what this is. We haven't had any in a long time, so yeah. How's it going, Taylor? Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm only you. I'm only joining over one hour late, so that well. That's all good. That's all good. We already I already ran through some uh, some of the new stories like Yuji Naka, our boy going to jail or potentially two, going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Two years. Right? Well, I think it's, it's delayed. It's delayed. It's a suspended jail term, depending on if he complies with very strict rule sets. I think the way it was. So he's. Yeah. Don't don't you dare yeah. do that again. Yeah, and pay us the one point two million back, and pay us the money, and like heavy probation, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, I mentioned Street Fighter Six hitting those two million in sales, which I, I mentioned in the Discord, and I brought it up here. I grew up with Street Fighter, um, and I always thought it would sell more and have a broader audience, but it doesn't. It's it's two million is a lot for a Street Fighter game. Uh, Mortal Kombat blows that out of the water <laughs> in sales because Mortal Kombat is the COD version. But I always loved Street Fighter from the technical side of things. I thought the Street Fighter is like, that's the technical fighter for me. But yeah, I never, 2 million in sales, it's great. Those are fantastic numbers, by the way. It just, I always felt like it would have to have more. It would have well, more, I guess. I mean, what was what was MK11 sales on the first, like in his first days? Um, uh, I, I, I was just looking at the... Um, I know Mortal Kombat 11 was is 15 million overall. Maybe yeah, but that was but that's since like this April. Uh, best thing, month of April. Um, it just, and it released in 2019. 
So yeah, yeah, they don't have the numbers on there. For I'm just saying. Uh, I, I I mean, I don't I don't disagree that it's that it probably sells faster, but yep. four years of sales hitting 15 mil is a little bit different. I agree. I agree. Yep. 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 Um, and then I mentioned uh, Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag is getting remade. Supposedly, I can't wait till it comes out before Skull and Bones, man. It's gonna be fucking hilarious. Yep. Uh, Dalek, about. The Dalek is shutting down because Gollum was that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason for sure. <laughs> that's the only reason. No, they've had they've had some some decent games, but they've had a lot of swings and misses. I think they did like two or three Lord of the Rings games. Um, <clears throat> one with a couple with orcs, like focusing on a similar style character with orcs on this Gollum one, and yeah, it's um, sorry guys, you ain't doing the uh, Shadow of Mordor <laughs> or whatever that is. Uh, and then um, the PS5 Slim being mentioned in the Microsoft Activision stuff, which was yeah, they expect a PS5 Slim to be coming out this year for three ninety nine, and you know I was kind of saying with some of our our, our viewers here, like that's actually. Three nine. They don't need to sell it for three ninety nine because they're still they're selling the PS five at four ninety nine, like crazy. Three ninety nine seems too low. It does. It does. Like maybe maybe four forty not like four fifty. Uh, or maybe go five hundred with like some huge bo- like a you know bonus. I don't know what you would do, but um, three ninety nine does seem really low. I mean. I, it's going to capture sales, I guess. But they don't need to. They're already selling. They're already the top-selling console. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if it's that cheap to make and you can just fucking churn them, there's... Maybe. Just, I'm Maybe. just thinking of, thinking about what they're... The only reason to target it that low is if you can churn out units and you're planning on matching uh, demand with supply, right? So yeah. if they're doing that without that plan, it's dumb. If they're doing it with that plan, then sure. I mean, you're you're just trying to pump numbers. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, you're also theoretically they're gonna make you know as much money as possible on the units, but you're trying to set the record straight on PS5's, uh, so you know, solidifying its place on this generation of consoles. I mean, PS5 is gonna it's gonna win this year. It's gonna win this holiday because it has Spider Man. Everybody wants a PS5. Um, Xbox has Starfield and Forza, but they're Game Pass, so you can get it on either of those consoles, you know, or you can get it on existing stuff. And so, I really feel like PS5 doesn't need to that. However, we were saying, you know, because it the rumor, the initial rumors were it was going to have a detachable disc drive, right? Right. The goal was going to have a detachable disc drive, and um, the uh, I would, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they create if they sell the ps5 slim in two SKUs as a ps5 slim by itself for 399 again mm-hmm. and the ps5 slim with that with separate, drive with the drive that you can detach for 499 maybe that's the way they do it, it. better not be a 100 disc disc drive i'm sorry man oh it, sony will do it for 100 bucks <laughs> fucking cheap bastards um but uh it it if it's meant to be digital only it's this push to digital that all the companies are making. Like I said, we we had heard, I had heard rumblings of an Xbox Series X Slim, 
uh, that right. was essentially a, a disk driveless Xbox Series X, which I think is still the right direction to go in for that console. Uh, the Series S is kicking butt. It's you can get it for like under 250 bucks right now in a lot of places. And so give us those consoles um, digital only or variants that are digital only, but just as powerful. And I think you can you're trying to get people to switch over to digitally it saves it makes them money because they don't, yeah. they don't have to print as many physical copies anymore where you know, yeah i mean it's it's way. it's interesting to see this happen um you know especially with how much coverage stuff like the rumors about starfield potentially being digital only and that kind of yep. thing um happens because uh there is just still such a large portion of you know obviously this is a u.s centric take here um but there's still a, such a large portion of the u.s market mm -hmm. that does not have access to true broadband true, um, true. Yep. and yeah i mean you know 4g and 5g uh modems are, are kind of changing that a little bit uh where cell access is way way outpaced uh home broadband especially you know dsl so that's kind of filling in some of the gaps but like there's still like mil millions of people sure. uh, oh, yeah. without oh, yeah. without access to true broadband um, yeah. where digital only just isn't really feasible. And so it's kind of crazy that we're talking about the play for digital only. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, it, it It is uh, it's just going to be real interesting because, you know, it, I looked at stuff like there there are no more midnight launches for games. I think they stopped doing that. So you know, I, yeah, I GameStop know what, GameStop doesn't make any money from them anymore. Yep. So it's like, yep, no, uh, there's not enough people. There's not enough people. So it, the physical stuff from that aspect isn't isn't as important. But yes, I think maybe that's where they say you can still buy it physically. You just we really want to push you to digital uh, buying. Imagine if you don't have good broadband and you're going to download starfield which is where well, that's like several hundred gigs right i mean is, you're, you're talking about like 80 gigs minimum yep. 150 gigs max your entire thing for the month and downloading like one game basically and i mean it already happens with call of duty i think call of duty is like a 500 gig game and a 600 gig game on a lot of platforms so all the bloat on there but yeah uh that kind of supposedly leaked and then finally I mentioned that um, I wrote the article a couple days ago of Xbox going to be at Gamescom. That was announced. Uh, they're pushing Starfield. They're pushing Forza. So they're, of course, going to be there. Uh, Nintendo obviously said they're going to be there. Um, Tokyo Game Show is planning on being the biggest Tokyo Game Show ever. That's what they're they're really pushing. <clears throat> Floor space is, is interesting. As big as 2019, they're going to have the most. Um, uh, you know, platform holders that they've had, you know, in, in some time. So they're expecting a massive show. I said PAX East was sold sold out like three of the days. PAX West is selling out. Is I don't know if it's sold out or selling out, but that seems like it's going in the right trajectory. Nintendo Live is a uh, lottery, and you can't buy tickets to Nintendo Live, and that's going to be huge in Seattle. So... Um, even Comic Con, Comic Con is is back in terms of attendees. Like that's this people can't get tickets to that in a lot of the events around that. At least if you follow our Discord, you can find that out. Um, but the one that isn't is uh, E3. 
And so it just goes to show you, it's like, the, the we talked about this. It's like, yeah, hey, you know, it's just, we don't want to do physical shows anymore. That's bullshit. You're going to be going, your companies, you're going to every freaking thing out there. Sega is going to be a Comic Con. Nintendo is going to Gamescom and it's hosting their own thing at PAX West. Xbox is everywhere. All these companies were at, were at Summer Games Fest. Uh, it's it's not E3. It's the hosts of E3. It's the ESA. It's pure and simple, the ESA. Read Pop, by the way, has not signed up. They're not uh, involved any further with E3. <clears throat> it's back to the ESA by itself. Um. And I made the point, like, ESA needs to focus and figure out what it wants to be, what what E3 wants to, what, what it wants to be with E3. Right now, Keeley is doing pretty well with Summer Games Fest. It's actually hitting a sort of weird limit in the in space and all that kind of stuff, because um, uh, the cost in Los Angeles is insane for renting places, and you're going to run out pretty quick. And he was already running out of stuff, so don't expect there to be like big big showcase i mean it'll never be as big as the e3 because it's just not that same type of show um but one thing that was missing during during summer games fest this year and the last year the play days was the business meetings that back end stuff i bumped into enough folks in lobby bars and in kind of off-site little mini little meetups and stuff to note that those are so important and the only way people are were connecting we're we're at lobby bars and off sites or at the showcase like the xbox showcase for the ubisoft which, which is which is stuff that happens at e3 or yes. used to happen at e3 every year um well, you know it's just it, it was just always those tangential moments of like yeah we're at e3 so this is gonna happen yep. um but what's obviously still missing is the official ones where you know uh we planned to do it yeah. um and and when you're when you're planning to meet right and when you're planning to meet and then when you also you know meet at the bar afterwards it's you know it changes that dynamic um and you know who knows i'm sure that there's plenty of people are gonna be like yeah well that was stupid and we hate it anyway so um and that's all well and good for those people but it's you know the the industry churns regardless of whether or not those moments still exist um and you know the biggest thing you know there was a couple of tweets that came out in the last couple of weeks uh about this topic and which is that like uh you know it was, it was talking about yeah it was talking about the um you know some of the disclosures that came out from the ftc um hearing uh over the last couple of weeks where like some of this some of the things that we were getting out of that deposition or those depositions i should say where like sometimes those were just e3 interviews like type of type of news um even blizzcon is there. yeah blizzcon is coming back i i saw the prices for it i cannot imagine who the fuck is going to pay for it but yeah. well, whatever the in-person uh quakecon is back in person as well so well, I would, at this point i think i'd rather go to quakecon than blizzcon but that's besides the point yeah, yeah. um but yeah, you know, so anyway, the point was that like, you know, some of the de- the information that we're getting at a depositions to the FTC were, you know, uh, trying to equate it to the type of information that we'd get out of interviews at E3. And I, I think that was a little bit of hyperbole, but mm-hmm. the idea still resonated, which was, you know, uh, and, you know, also I'm going to, I'm going to transition this a little bit. Um, 
as a soapbox for a moment, but you know, also the I you know the shifting nature of whether or not we even have those moments as far as games journalism is concerned, um, because how many people are left and how stable is the industry to support that kind of thing anyway? Um, you know, Keeley, well, I'm sure you could construe what he does as journalism in some regards. And even if he started that way, you know, it, he's a showman, he's a yeah. presenter yeah. and he's a producer. Um, and so even if he's going to do interviews with uh, Jack, you know, with Ryan from uh, Sony and with uh, Spencer from Xbox, the, the I wouldn't expect journalistic uh, interviews uh, from those things. And like the industry's fucking dying, man. Um, you know, and it's, it's going, it's going from the journalism side. Um, you know, the vast majority of the people that are successful have a separate kind of personality based, uh, approaches. Um, you know, we, we, we saw it with waypoint from vice going down and, you know, the people that survive are the ones that are big enough to support themselves on Patreon and shit like that. So even if E3 comes back and we look at it from the lens of let's get the true information, like who's going to fucking ask it? Who's left? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I guess, I guess IGN's still out there, um, but I don't really expect, you know, once, once you've reached the lowest common denominator, do you really expect... Uh, the hard hitting journalism to come from it. Uh, I personally don't. So, I, you know, I don't. I, I, I without without giant mergers and acquisitions yeah. getting yeah. challenged by the FTC and uh, the Federal Trade Commission, are we? Are you know? Are we ever gonna get <laughs> true uh, hard hitting journalism again? Maybe not. <laughs> right, well, it's it's what's interesting to me. <clears throat> I do totally agree in, in, with you about that. Um, is that yeah? I. I from being at Game Fests, and I wasn't officially a part of Summer Game Fest. I was like tangentially around that area and went to like events around that area. But um, Summer Game Fest is media. It's not press, right? It's media. They had it's it's you know, it's all the it's all the fun it's all the fun parts of media, right? We yeah, yeah, you know fun stuff. It's the hands on stuff. It's talking to it's talking to devs. It's like the it's like the booths at PAX East, but speaking to developers on individual games. Now we like we love doing that at PAX East, um, but now imagine instead of an indie booth, you have like Yuji Naka showing <laughs> Sonic Superstars. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's more yeah. hands on. It's the the preview event stuff. That's I think that part aspect of Summer Games Fest is fine, and that's all that Jeff Keighley seems to want to do with that. Make it let it just be about getting the media and like reporters hands on time with the games and that's it now the business stuff still needs to take place somewhere right right whether it happens in a bar you don't want it to happen in the bar because you're not actually setting up an actual spot e3 needs to the esa needs to refocus e3 i would suggest if i was the person doing this i would say they and i mentioned this earlier they got to eat shit uh and buck up and say hey jeff Let's plan things around the same time frame. We're going to book a bunch of hotels. We're going to book a bunch of meeting rooms. Um, 
at hotels. We're going to book space. They no longer have the LA Convention Center. So what? They were without the LA Convention Center in the past several times. Um, they can do it again. <clears throat> they say they should say let's do this. Let's do this at the same time because you're going to have people in town that want to speak to each other. Um, that now can we they can actually schedule events for that kind of thing. And like I bring it up because there was stuff happening the Wednesday before uh, Wednesday before Game Fest. Uh, folks were in town either setting up or um, I think there was very light hands on stuff that was happening on that Wednesday. Thursday was Summer Game Fest proper. You had the showcase. You had like a, there's a YouTube party afterwards. Friday and Saturday were hands on for mostly for media at the play days. Um, Sunday was the uh, Xbox event with hands on there. Completely separate thing in a different part. Uh, then you had like stuff going on that night. You had Ubisoft on Monday in a different place. You had Square Enix on that Sunday, I think. As well. So, and then there was even stuff happening Tuesday. Again, all these things are kind of happening in different pockets, and it was over a week. And trying to get, we know how tight finances are right now. Trying to get folks to come in for a week where they're really only seeing one, maybe two things per day doesn't work right now. You're going to spend a ton of money for somebody to see one or two games or one or two projects. You want to have that condensed. You want these companies to work together. <clears throat> let the business let the business stuff happen and the media stuff happen at the same time and say, guys, we, we have to work together. It's important for the industry uh, from a retail standpoint, from a partnership standpoint, from a media standpoint. Jeff, you handle this stuff. We're not going to fuck with you. Jeff, let right. us handle this stuff. Don't fuck with us. And let's just I Fuck I, up for now. Yeah, and I, the 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 biggest problem is, is that I don't see that happening. Um, no, I don't see it either. Yeah, That's you know, it's it. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, how do you? Je I think Jeff went a little too hard on 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 pick yeah on picking his battles um, because like you know. Don't be such so persnickety about it, and like let let your you know give yourself the opportunity to be like be the smug person after yeah. they after yeah. they need you and want like because now I feel like whoever is running, I, I'm very curious. I like there needs to God if only games journalism wasn't dead. I need somebody to do <laughs> the expose of like who is actually at the ESA. And what happened there, and what the fuck they think about uh, Jeff Keeley, um, so that they can uh, tell me what happened in this moment. Yeah. Um, and like, who who you know who is there, and why they? <laughs> I mean, do they do they hate Jeff Keeley? I don't know. Um, but like, you know, because because that's the only thing that's really left to my mind is like, yeah, it, it, the thing that makes sense is you work with Keeley, like we're going to set up the business side of things. We'll let Keeley handle the, the public side yeah, of things. And so that we don't have to, so that we don't have to fucking worry about it. Like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're the ESA. We, we care about the business side of things. We care about the you know, the lobbying side of things. So come to the thing that we do. Yep. Keeley does media stuff, which we don't want to be involved in anyway. Um, except that they do, because that's the side that makes money from advertising. Um, uh, <laughs> But, you know, if you ignore that part, uh, you know, there, there is something to be said. Like, you don't have to rent out 
the LA Convention Center to, to do this. If if Keeley's doing the advertisement, the media side, you just need a place where people are going to meet and yeah. do things. Hey, think of it this way. Uh, E3 didn't make money since 2019. <sighs> <laughs> so it's like, what's new? And they lost, what, they lost $6 million or whatever that stupid number Yeah, what, how, whatever the fuck the price tag of the 2021 virtual show was. Almighty. Yeah. Woof. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what uh, that's what the situation is there. I think that could could it change? It totally can if people just sucked it up and uh, and planned. And because again, hearing it, hearing on site when I was there was people though they loved they loved seeing each other. They loved getting hands on, and it was refreshing. But by the end, everybody was so tired of not having this thing organized um the time there that because there was a bunch of different little pockets handling stuff so i don't know maybe side questing will come in and do a business summit this the video game business summit will rent some hotel conference rooms it'll be like listen if, you, if you're nintendo doug bowser come over here you can meet with uh, <laughs> hey, what oh have you yeah been playing, dude what have you been playing um all right i've been i'm here representing all the Dave the Divers in chat. Hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, all right. So let me tell you. Y'all been living or not? If you have been living, you've been playing Dave the Diver. Uh-huh. If you have not been living, then you have not played Dave the Diver. And that's pretty much all there is to it. <laughs> I have heard... So much about Dave the Diver. Tell me about Dave the Diver while I pull up a video. All right. So Dave the Diver is a game where you play Dave and he is a diver. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Is this a right. um, developed digital joint or who's... who's so you would think so. And I actually saw... It's funny because uh, on... Whether it was Reddit or Twitter or whatever. It was funny because I saw that exact comment of... Can't believe that Devolver didn't pick yeah, this one up. Um, let me pull it's up. Mint, Mint Rocket. Mint Rocket. Okay. Mint Rocket is the developer. Here we go. I've um, play the video right now. But I think Nexon was involved in publishing. Okay. It's not listed as the publisher on Steam, but I'm almost positive they're listed when you load it up. Um, so this is a view of, of a couple of the kind of what the aesthetics of Dave the Diver. So, I mean, I was I was kind of joking about him, but, like, you're literally Dave and he's a diver. Um, and uh, so it starts out, um, they found this place called the Blue Hole. Um, it's uh, where they're the, all... It's a miraculous place where just every species of fish shows up. And you can go and fish for them like a guy calls you up it's like listen i know you've been out of the diving game for a while but i need you back i need you to be diving in here getting fish and um you know that's not the part that like really works so you know you're basically the whole thing is that they're going to open up a sushi restaurant you're going to dive catch fish and uh give the fish to the sushi restaurant 
and you are also going to work and help manage the sushi restaurant. What kind? What are the fucking genres in this game? It looks like every like- genre. So that's the <laughs> so that's the thing that uh, that's the thing that's fucking wild. So like, we just saw the main trailer. I've played for fourteen hours, Dave the Diver, um, and basically the only things that I've done are dive, catch fish. I've done a one thing so so that that, yeah yeah so actually i have i have done the seahorse racing i've done and i and i've done the rhythm game um uh but like the farming was like i harvested five things of rice not not a ton uh so like there it just like i don't know it trickle feeds so many different little things uh extremely well uh they it's i don't know it's a game of games um there is life to it that's really hard to describe even after even watching the trailers um like some of it comes through uh, but a lot of it doesn't which is because they don't so there's like mini vignettes of some of the kind of pseudo cutscenes that are in there uh like that that being one of them right there that we just saw mm-hmm. they're usually about 15 seconds long uh but they just are all character um and it's tough to it's tough to convey um i don't know it it gets it just gets a lot of things right wow and so you know the vast majority of the time that i've spent you dump in the water you have a spear uh you you go spear fishing you catch fish you bring him back to the sushi restaurant and then you have to like literally work as a waiter to bring uh the dishes sure. to to the people that are patroning there and then you get money and you can use the money in xyz ways um and then you find more people and some other stuff happens and i don't want to spoil it but yeah i mean at one point they're like yo there's dangerous fish in there you saw there's a shark like yeah we need a gun <laughs> that's basically what happens and that's the guy um that you that just saw lying down no, no so i mean not the the guy lying down with a with the eye you know with the eye eye mask on is the guy who makes the who makes guns the, this guy yeah this is the guy who makes guns that's and so weird. like uh, so like i i literally because i was i've been chatting with zach back and forth because he's also been playing dave the diver and um i think towards the end of this clip or towards the end of this video there is a, another scene with him where he's like cocking a gun or like loading a magazine in a gun and so the first time that you have him make a gun for you it there it breaks into this again 20 second long cutscene, and you're just like what the fuck is happening? There's anime there like this. Is. So yeah, so this is this is part of that cutscene. Is he's got? I it's it's really tough to describe. Um, this is a trailer, so we're not. I don't, don't want to like spoil too much, but like he break. There's literally an anime opening music music videos like feel to it, um, and where he is going through to make you a gun, and you're just like, I don't know why this is happening um i but i get it anyway and that's that's the i don't know 
it take I, that. I want to play this so. It bad. Take take that and ex, like extract it to every facet of the game. Um, <laughs> like every time that you learn a new recipe, that's Bacho, the uh, the the chef of the sushi restaurant. And so if you learn a new recipe, boom, there's a cutscene where like he's you know so again in the trailer like he's unsheathing the knife, uh, the chef knife slowly. Except that then again there's. 15 more seconds where he's like gonna cut fish and or he cuts a cherry blossom in half and like stupid shit like that but it's great like all of it all of it is like it's a like i said it's a game of game um all of it is to the fun of experiencing and playing it uh all the good parts of what a video game should be that's it. Just a scene, dude. And that's that's me right now. Yeah, I'm about there too. Oops. Let me get this here. Get that guy. I got there we go. Yeah, buddy. It's gonna be in my background right there. Um <laughs> But yeah, Dave the Diver is excellent. Um wait, you know, six more months or five more months or whatever. Uh that one, David the very, very good chance that David the Diver is showing up on um on the uh, game of the year show most likely yeah, uh but cap- other screen capping everything baby <laughs> other than that um i physically personally i've been i've been getting into pickleball <laughs> dally i know you're a big i just pi- mentioned it i just mentioned did you it really i said we're gonna we're gonna start side questing cornhole and pickleball leagues at the very first side con tell me how you're doing the pickleball dude yes all right so I grew up uh, not like playing racket sports, but my my parents both played it and uh, spent a lot of time with it. So, you know, they uh, quote unquote wasted their money paying, you know, like trying to teach me to do it too. Uh, But so I I played a game called paddle tennis or platform tennis, which is a mostly winter sport or like fall to winter sport. But it shares a lot of similarities with pickleball. And so I actually planned on trying to do pickleball three years ago in the spring of 2020. I don't know if anybody recalls what happened that spring. Never heard. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I literally, I had signed up, planned to pay for doing pickleball clinic for my local town. Nice. That shit got shut down. Uh, so fast forward three and a half years. Here we are. Uh, and so, yeah, so I've been doing pickleball for, uh, three weeks. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I have some solid background. I've got decent fundamentals. I'll probably be decent at it. Um, but over in the, uh, in the back room there where that, the mysterious door leads, (laughs) the void, void, um, it's a tile floor and I've got a, you know, like eight feet wide or so um so i put some masking tape three feet high that's the 30 36 inches is the height of the of a pickleball net seven feet off the wall is where the uh the kitchen line is or where you know the net line is for for pickleball and so sometimes i'll just take the pickleball racket out and i'll just hit against the wall and does your family hit you every time it goes no because i wait till they're all gone Nice. <laughs> That's my trick. But the other thing is, is that uh, I I picked up a VHS DVD combo for the for the CRT, 
and so this yes. this is a t this is a Toshiba unit. It actually has component, so not composite. It has red, green, blue nice. output. Goes into the CRT. My wife uh, was a was a really big X Files fan, and uh, so we have the whole box set. And so I've just been throwing in X Files DVDs in, and you know, lo and behold, God, I, I, it's crazy when they made a media that was meant to be shown on a CRT TV, how good it looks, but X, X files looks X files. DVDs look insane on a CRT TV. So like, you know, usually I get through maybe three quarters of, of an episode a day. Um, just hitting, hitting pickleball against the that's wall. Awesome. That's awesome. That's, I will that's say my story. I, got a, uh, I bought an LG DVD VCR combo, but mine is a DVD burner. VCR combo. So I can take the VCR. I can take the VHS and, and burn uh, them into a DVD, which is great because we still have so many old VHS from like weddings and like family events. We, Thankfully, I or the big ass. My dad had like the like the the news camera style. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, my my parent my parents had a VHS JVC. The JVC. Yeah. Remember JVC? Yeah. yeah so I got I got to get back and I have mine sitting in one of the other rooms here. That nah, nice. That's cool. Very cool, dude. Pickleball. Yeah. That baby. was. The only thing I was going to mention, yeah, I get, I'm already waiting. Monday, Monday, Monday night is my uh, is my clinic day, so Sweet. don't don't find, don't bug me. Yeah, we ain't we're, we ain't podcasting Mondays. <laughs> no, I got to find a pickleball clinic locally so I can train up. But uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm gonna I, fucking I'm gonna either either be on my team or lose. Those are your two I options. Your, I will say this: so we got our cornhole league going for the for the neighborhood, and it started last year. So I'm gonna give you guys give you this fun this fun uh, this fun input here. Started last year with cornhole, and we had you you choose a teammate. We played doubles, right? Okay. Seemed like a great idea. We left it kind of open. It's like you play against another team whenever anybody's available. You just had to play every team once. So you just hey, are you free today? No, you're free tomorrow. Yeah, okay, we'll play you tomorrow. Seemed like a cool idea. And then at the end of the year, you would just rack up all the the wins and just do sort of a tournament of the um, you know top teams <clears throat> that uh, that failed because we started in like end of August and then like school starts up and then weather changes in like October. you got to do you, you got to start you got to start like the day that school ends. Yeah. So this year we started the day that school ended and we switched it to a NASCAR style. And uh, okay, um, so we did. We never finished last season. I uh, the unfortunate part was I had never really played uh, bag toss cornhole before. So this was my bag first toss. Real time. That's what it is. <laughs> we anyone want anyone want to toss bags? Um, that's our group text message. So I was already kind of crappy from that standpoint. My teammate, she was also very. We drew names out of a hat. You know, she was also very crappy. Uh, and um, I'm not so telling you said that did not win. Oh, she's fine. We we joked about it. Uh, we did not win a match last year. <clears throat> this year, the way we have it set up, NASCAR style is it's no longer about playing everybody. Now it is you pair up every time. Okay, we'll send the text message out. Who's available to play the, on uh, on Saturday? All right, we got, we got seven or six, seven people available. Okay, cool. You show up, you draw names, pair up that way, and then you play a double elimination 
the top team gets 100 points per person. The second place team gets 50 points per person. And then you add up your individual points because you're switching teammates every okay. every time you play. And then we actually have Grand Slam tournaments, which are worth like 200 points for the winners um, and like 100 for second place. So it's kind of cool that now it's like I uh, I was paired up with good players um twice and i ended up winning a bunch of matches and now my confidence <laughs> up it's funny because my confidence level is up and i'm learning how to like i've gotten good at playing uh and i'm actually ranked in like the top five now of all of us there's only six of us no of like all like 12 or 13 of us i'm in the top five so that's really cool for me it's okay like never really played and we got a long season ahead of us uh and then we have um there's actually a grand slam tournament happening on monday but i got a comp- customer call at that same time monday night so i can't make it so i'm kind of bummed <clears throat> unless i can get out of the meeting early um definitely but, doubting uh, your dedication to the bag yeah, tossing yeah but again it's now it's just if you happen to miss a tournament no problem make it up by winning the next tournament or <laughs> going far enough in the next couple tournaments to get points so even if you miss one or two tournaments you're not out of it at all you know, so it's kind of a cool thing. But um, we had it at our house here, and uh, whoever hosts at their house, they get to implement their house rules. One person's uh, really interesting rule system was, um, <clears throat> so you play uh, to up to twenty-one, right? The the boards are twenty-seven feet across, tr- like professional rules are twenty-seven feet across from tip to tip. Uh, you play to twenty-one, um, and. Yeah. Uh, if you get it on the board, you get one point. If you get it in the hole, you get three points. You can get a maximum. And then you basically, if depending on how many points either person gets on the board, you subtract and whoever gets more points. So if I get like four points, the other person gets one point, then I only, then the, the total score is three points to my team. That's how you score in, uh, in cornhole, right? So it's the difference after each, each time, each time tossing. Well, uh, yeah, so there's different house rules. Everybody mixes things up. Some people will play with clo- the boards closer together. Some people will play that if you go past 21, you drop down to 15, which seems kind of normal. Um, some people, will, their house rules are as long as you pass 21, you win, which makes it really accessible for folks. Um, my rule, I had a, I had a couple because these, these rules were kind of bouncing around a little bit, was... Um, <clears throat> bounces are okay so if you bounce on the grass and it lands on the board you get the points for that you don't actually have to land it Ooh, okay and, which is it's a whole different strategy at that point because now you're thinking <clears throat> is the board slippery you know are there stickers or anything on the board to slow things down How, what's the speed that i have to toss i'm trying to get on the board or do i have to do i try to skip it off the grass to try to get it on the board. Where am I better? Am I, you know, there are some strategy things there. I'm not the first house to do that. There are two other houses that are doing that. But my addition to that was if you're up by 13, it's a mercy rule. You automatically win if you're up by 13. And the reason being uh, is that the maximum amount of points you can get in one whole session, right, between two people right there, is 12 points. So you can get you you drop it in the hole four times. The person doesn't get anything. You get a twelve points. Well, 
you can make up 12 points very quickly in sure. one, you know, if you're behind by like 15, you can make up 12 like that. Uh, so I thought, well, let's go by if you, you go by one point past that 13 so that it, I sense you want to make it impossible to come back with one lucky hole. Like if you happen to be really right. good and you get all four in and it's a very lucky hole that changes the dynamics of the game. So I'm like, let's go with mercy rule. And pe- at first people didn't like that. They're like, wow, this is kind of having a mercy rule is kind of wild. But then as we play, we realized like, f- I think five or six of the games ended because of the mercy rule, which I think we had like 13 games total with double elimination, but that really did speed up the tournaments because we started at seven o'clock. We ended at like eight 30 and everybody had a blast, and we did it before it got dark outside. It really made for kind of this fun experience. So, yeah, double elimination. We did a mercy rule of 13 points. Skipping was allowed. I am now cornhole cornhole guy, and you're a, pickle, you're a pickleball dude, and we got a whole new side questing thing to talk about each week. But I want to talk about two quick things. One, <clears throat> one is very Taylor-specific. Okay. Uh, and the other is, I'm going to open up a set of Pokemon cards right now. Let me open this set of Pokemon cards now. Let's see what I get. How can I open this without uh, ripping? I know there's like a there's like a little slot where it's already sort of open. Is it on this sucker? No. Yes, no. Let me try this. Oh, here we go. Okay. Here's some ASMR. Mm. All right. Let's see what I got here. All right. <clears throat> uh, Pokemon trading card game live. Cool. First card, energy. Right, I'm going backwards, so there's energy. I got a Coradin. That's cool. Nice little shiny little Coradin card there. Uh, it's a hollow, I guess, regular hollow. Um, another one of those is Spirit Bomb. I don't think I'm going to get very good cards then because those are whatever. And uh, Mabba Stiff. See, they're just like regular, I guess it's regular hollow cards, I guess. I got a Defiance Band, whatever that is. Can tell you. Yeah, Drift Blim. Drift Blim's kind of cool. I like that little balloon thing. Uh, Meza Goza, the stadium. Oh, stadiums are nice. Starly. Oh, this is a cool... This looks like it's done with clay. This is kind of hard to see, sorry. It looks like a little clay toy. Oh, of course, there you go. Like a clay toy Starly version. That's neat. Uh, Lechonk, our boy, the pig, Lechonk, <laughs> and uh, Char Cadet. And then finally, the last card is Squavit, the um, squirrel type thing. But uh, so there you go, Pokemon cards. I might open up a pack a week. It's always kind of fun to do that. <clears throat> the one thing I want to talk specifically to Taylor is that <clears throat> we used to have these plants in our house. And they were oh, yeah, trying to figure out which of those... Uh, which of those uh, cards there? We used to have these plants at our house years ago at my parents' house. They had it for like 15 plus years, 20 years. And there were these purple leafy plants that had okay. big spiky burrs on them. But they looked almost like little mini purple palm trees. And we had no idea. We would The burr seeds would fall and we'd save them and we'd plant them the next season. And you get these beautiful plants and they grow quick. Well, <clears throat> we haven't. You know, we kind of lost track of them. We didn't plant them for, God, 15 years, at least since I moved to this house. 
um, 17 years and uh, couldn't figure out what they were. Uh, we thought we lost the seed, you know, all those old seeds. Um, had a lot of couple, you know, a lot of dry seasons and couldn't find any of these plants anywhere. Cause recently we started wondering what were those plants? Oh yeah. We used to have these really cool plants. Now that we have the pool, I thought it'd be kind of nice to have these sort of leafy purple plants around the pool. <clears throat> um, lost track of them. Didn't know where to look. Suddenly my, my, uh, I told my parents like, why don't you guys check in the shed? Cause my dad keeps all his old seed packs from like peppers and stuff. He used to keep stuff in there and he's like, nah, there's nothing there. Man. Go take a look. Goes, takes a look. Sure enough, he finds like this old little plastic bin of like a handful of these seeds that are, like I said, almost two decades old, just sitting in this little plastic thing in the dark. They look dried out, shriveled, horrible, whatever. <laughs> they're all kind of broken. And I'm like, <clears throat> he's like, yeah, they're not going to work. So, but we'll give it a shot. So a couple weeks back, they put them in water, soaked them, see what would happen. And then. After they soaked them, they planted them. Lo and behold, these things started growing. Over the last week, these things have exploded. We went up to the cottage, and they were just kind of tiny little green little buds. We come back, and I got three of them right here. And I'm gonna okay. Show you. Let me. I gotta turn off the blur. Let me turn this blur off here. Uh, where is it? Camera. Turn off the background blur. Here we go. All right. This, I'm going to just show my, zoom in right like this. There we go. This is what they are. And I don't oh. know what this is called. But the beautiful purple, purple plant. And they grow huge. They get giant, leafy. And they get like six, seven feet tall. And they got these just prickly burr nut-style seeds. You don't eat them, obviously, but. And they were growing so quick, like. Yeah, I can't remember, but I did. <clears throat> if you can help me figure out what these things are, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a play. You can you eat that? No, we can't. Okay, um, if you can help us figure out that I leave uh, what these are, leave a leave a comment. No freaking idea. Dolly, send me send me a good picture of them later. I will. Yeah, yeah. The leaves are very. Uh, once you see the leaves, I mean that they just look like the same, you know, look giant. But it's that purple color that are they're very. I don't want to say iconic, but they're very. The leaves are what this plant is. Beautiful purple stem with these things. And hey, when they get seeds later on, Taylor, I can shoot some over to you if you're interested in later on. These are great summer. Plants. Maybe these are great summer plants to have outside because there is like no maintenance to these suckers. They just absorb whatever rain is already out there. And uh, they produce plenty of uh, fleas. Anyways, here we go. Yeah, cool, cool plants. And they're huge, dude. They're already growing. There's like six-inch plants already. Um, uh, and they're they're going to be – they'll be like a foot and a half by the time I get back from Japan in a week. So a week or so. But, uh, yeah. Nice. I don't know what they are. I just figured let me let me talk to Taylor and see if he if you send, if you see, Yeah, you send me a picture and I'll be able yeah. to identify it for you. Promise. Yeah being used on bushes maybe yeah, I, I think they grow they, i mean they're definitely bush size they grow they grow big they can like guess like get as tall as a person so um but yeah good stuff anyways that's it for the side quest this week that's it for the green thumb that's it for the cornhole and the pickle oh wait oh, one second yeah there's there's more i do want to thank everybody for joining us this week 
lot of cool folks chatting in the in the comments. That's always I, good. I let these on are probably about one month too long. <clears throat> uh oh. Oh, there you go, dude. Yeah. These are nice. these are the yeah. The, so these are Macedonian chili peppers, approximately two months ripe, Beautiful. give or take. Beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, they but, will. Yeah. Uh, they're coming in speedy, aren't they? Like you're getting like good. So the problem, yeah, the, the the biggest issue is that uh, pollinators have been lacking. Um, oh really? Uh, the 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 weather the weather has been rough. So, um, but uh, but tomatoes are coming in, and I'll have pictures of those probably nice. in maybe maybe six or six eight or eight weeks. We'll see how long it takes. Nice. But. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, my tomato my tomato plant is ginormous right now. I've got tomatoes growing. Um, my Big changes over the last yeah. Uh, yeah. over the last, the last like, three weeks. weeks. Yep, yep, same. Yep, I agree. Big changes. Yeah, yeah. And I got the my pepper plant. I don't have any peppers in because I put it in so late. But uh, I will say this: <clears throat> I thought I had um, I had little seed seed packs. I so I had two tomato plants that I planted out there before realizing, wow, I have space for more. I could plant one more. So I planted a few more seeds of the. The big giant Masonian beefsteak style heirloom yep. tomatoes, and then I plant. I bought some cherry tomatoes. I figured I'd like to have some cherry tomatoes as well because they're perfect for like just kind of. Where'd you plant them? Oh, I built a um. Uh, so I built a garden box in the backyard in a new little, okay. little lot plot of land that I had, just like a little triangular corner, <clears throat> and I planted the, the original set of tomatoes and peppers and cukes and stuff way back in like end of February, beginning of March. So my problem was I, because I was waiting to put them in this garden plot that I had, my garden box that I kept them in the pots and they didn't grow big enough yet. Right? Yeah. It stops them. It, it stops them from, from growing. So finally got that sucker done like Memorial weekend uh, or right around that time, first week of June or so got that box done, put the plants in there and they were kind of slow in growing uh, because they were still kind of getting accustomed to it. And then, of course, the last, like, two three weeks, they've just massive exploded. I've had to prune the tomato plant nonstop. I will – the tip – Taylor probably knows it, but a tip for everybody else. If you're seeing a tomato plant – and uh, I'm going to show you guys right now. <clears throat> if this is your your branch from a tomato plant and you got another little another little branch or they, root they, growing they call that, They call them suckers. Yeah. Clip one off. Clip that little guy off because they will so, take down. Uh, I, I've, I, I have an heirloom cherry and I haven't clipped any suckers. So oh. wish, wish wish me luck. Yeah, I went back in and had to clip those little suckers off. But uh, um, so anyways, yeah, they uh, I, I gave away all my other tomatoes thinking that just the one was going to be enough or two were going to be enough. Uh, and then I realized, oh, crap, they're not enough. I have a lot more space um, for tomatoes. I'm going to plant some more. So I planted some in little seed you know, this little seed, uh, the starter kits <clears throat> started growing and then I left them in there and it dried out. And I thought, Oh crap, these little guys, they were kind of grew and they got tall and they keeled over and they started drying out and they looked like they were essentially goners. I'm like, Oh shit. I forgot to, I missed my window of putting them out there. I was kicking myself right before I left for the holiday though. I I'm like, yeah, I'll put them out there anyways, uh, before I go up to the cottage. So, I'm like, I'll just at least bury them, give them a good re final resting place. So I dropped them in there. And I kid you not, they look like shriveled uh, spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Put them in there, 
walked away. Well, we had good rain for a couple of days while we were yeah. at the cottage at, at our house. And so I come back. Sucker sprout. They, they came back to life, man. I was and I had been watering them in the starter kit. Nothing was happening. So I gave up, but they caught. So now I have cherry tomatoes, two little sections of cherry tomatoes. And I'm like, OK, one of these. Nice. As soon as they get big enough, I'm going to have to scoop one out and move it away because there's not enough. Yeah. Stuff not enough space for all those i'm not, not gonna eat that many tomatoes but yeah gardening's great welcome to garden talk um that's it sidequesting.com you can find us in the discord find us individually at dolly Demofsky, at taylor bliss over on whatever whatever social media thing is out there you blink and there's a brand new one um threads blue sky mastodon you name it we got it <laughs> we're on it uh but just find us in the Discord, sidequesting.com. Go to the Discord, chat with us. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening with Comic-Con in there. A lot of new folks have logged on, and uh, that's really cool to see. And I got the the Comic-Con party list is up and it's kicking, and pretty soon we're going to have that uh, PAX West party list going because people are already asking me about that. It's time. It's time. <clears throat> Thank you for saving our summer traffic because there's no E3 party <laughs> list. <laughs> with that said you can you could visit us i already mentioned where you can find us we love you guys we'll see you in the next episode of the side Charges kill my head. Gonna take now.